Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 498. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Closing in on 500, I can't believe it. Last week, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, with Dr. Cohen from Carl Illinois College of Medicine. He's the new dean there. Go check it out. Amazing episode, amazing conversation that makes me want to go back to medical school. This week, we have a great IG Live that I had just this past week with tons of great questions, lots of great interaction that will undoubtedly, indubitably help you on your journey to medical school. Before we jump in, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Flashcards. Flashcards are an amazing way to study the content that you need to do well on the MCAT. Everyone knows about Anki, or at least most people do. Maybe you say Anki, but it's definitely Anki. If you didn't know, Blueprint MCAT has created a brand new spaced repetition platform, which is what Anki is all about, spaced repetition. Uh, They didn't invent it, but they built an app around it. Blueprint MCAT has also built an app around it and has 1,600 plus flashcards expertly crafted for you. You should go check them out, blueprintmcat.com. You get them for free when you sign up for a free Blueprint account. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. What's up, Instagram Live? It is time to have some fun. It is time to answer some questions. We're just getting started here. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Hopefully it has been a good week for you. We have some requests coming in already. That means people know what to do here. Hopefully it's not some rando and someone who actually wants to ask some questions. Hello, hello. Hey, Dr. Gray, how's it going? It's going. Not a rando. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say first off, it's been like several weeks since I've been able to get on live because I've had... Um, summer courses Monday through Friday, like an 8 a.m. lecture. So this is like the one day we just finished. I'm like, oh my god, I finally can get can hop on. So I'm excited. But nice. That's two really important questions that I want to ask you. Um, so the first one, a little bit of background behind me. I'm an incoming senior right now, and um, I started my freshman year with a really rough GPA, 2.3. Um, I failed pre-calculus, and then up until now, uh, my GPA is at a 3.5 according to my map. Okay. So science is a 3.5 or 3.4. 
And so this past summer, I just retook organic chemistry one. The first time I took it, I got a C plus, but I took the pass fail. This was during the COVID semester. Okay. I retook it. I got the second highest grade in the class with an A. Um, and also I took organic chemistry alongside physics. Uh, I did physics one and two and organic chemistry this summer, which is pretty hectic. And so session one, I got an A in physics one, A in organic chemistry one, which was the retake. Organic, But when organic chemistry two came around, I ended up getting... A B minus because I totally bombed the ACS final exam, and I but I got an, and I got an A minus in physics too. And so I wanted to ask, does that look like a kind of a bump in my upward trend in my GPA? I'm a, I don't know because like I feel like it would have been better to have gotten the B minus first when organic chemistry one than the A and O chem two. But does do you think that looks like a kind of a red flag in, in terms of an upward trend? I've maintained above like a three point eight since my freshman year, but what did you what would you think about that? I think I think you're the first uh, the the first official facepalm overthinking premed club. <laughs> now now that we got our overthinking premed club stickers in, that I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna facepalm that one. Um, look, when when we talk about upward trends, mm-hmm. nowhere in there do we say perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, perfection is not the goal. It's not obtainable. Mm-hmm. So. It's expected that as you continue on in your undergrad career, your classes theoretically should be getting harder. And mm-hmm. if they're getting harder and you slip up and it was a B minus that you got? Yeah. I was like that that's okay, <laughs> right? It from a from a number perspective, right? A B minus is a what, a 2.7. So mm-hmm. that stings just thinking about 2.7, but it's mm-hmm three credits, four credits, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's not going to kill your trend. It's it's a little blip. Um, you'll be fine. Okay. And it's nice too because I'm, I'm an incoming senior now. I, I, uh, this upcoming fall, spring, I graduate fall 23. So okay. I have a boatload of like upper division science classes to take. I still have biochemistry one to get through. So Okay. And, and the majority, right, traditional students would be in the middle of the application cycle right now as an incoming senior, but it sounds like you're going to apply next cycle. Well, actually, that's my follow-up question. Um, I know I've, I've been listening to your podcast religiously. I know I have a lot of students that ask, when am I ready to apply? But it really comes down to, like, do you feel like you're ready? Um, I've talked to all of my advisors, and they said that we think you're ready. Um, you have that good extracurriculars. You've done you know everything that you need. You just have the MCAT to kind of conquer. Yep. Uh, and I've, I'm looking to apply this next upcoming cycle in May. Okay. Um, but the thing is that with my upper division course load, I know that that can't take precedent over – MCAT setting. I know you've done a lot of great content talking about this. And so I actually had to make, I pretty much have to make a decision whether I want to start studying for my MCAT to take in March of next year at the end of this month. And I don't know yet because I know that if I can't commit to a full study schedule, it's not worth trying to start studying for it because I graduate yeah. fall 23. So I have kind of like a gap um, semester. So I was, that's why I think the most ideal would be to apply the um, fall 20 or the next cycle, not this next cycle, but the one after that, because I feel like I can put my best foot forward and have more time to study for the MCAT. But I don't know. I, I haven't taken a full length, so I don't really know where I'm at. Um, and uh, Yeah. I, like, ultimately, there's there's no right way to go about it in mm-hmm. your specific situation. If your goal, if your focus is on prioritizing that upward trend because you did start poorly Mm -hmm. and you believe for you that 
injecting MCAT prep into that world uh, yeah. and the stress of MCAT prep into that world may throw you off your game for classes on top of extracurriculars and other things you may be doing as well, then it makes complete sense to just go, you know what? I'm going to take my time. I'm not in a rush. I'm young. I got, I got, I got years to live. It's not a problem. So if that's your mentality, that's perfectly fine. On the flip side, there are other people that it's like, I, I don't want to waste another gap year. I, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to waste time to apply to get in. And so I'm going to do everything possible to study for the MCAT, study for my classes, do well on the MCAT, do well on my classes, do the application, which is is a whole nother kind of job unto itself, um, as well as extracurriculars and all that stuff, right? It's a lot of stuff going on all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- students are like, yep, n- no problem. I got it. So it, there's there's no right answer. Um, so just, just think through it. Maybe the first decision point, so you have a little bit of data, is yeah. to go take like the the half length diagnostic, mm-hmm. um, uh, you get for free with Blueprint MCAT account. Just just go create a free account, take the half length diagnostic, and just just see. You you may go, oh, this is dumb. This is easy. Like if your diagnostic score comes back at like a five hundred two, five hundred three, then it's like, oh, I I got this right because a normal diagnostic score is like four ninety five. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, sounds good. Um, I wanted to ask if I don't want to take up too much time, but may I ask one more really quick question? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, so this is kind of an interesting question, but how would it look if uh, for my most meaningful experience, because I was already kind of screening what the application looks like. Um, if if I for my most meaningful experience, if I did not get a right letter of recommendation from it's fine. Person, yeah. okay. It's it's such a random question that I get all the time and I don't know where the question comes from. Um, well, like, mine is most most meaningful experience doesn't equal I have a letter of recommendation that shows why it was meaningful to me. Like okay. that's just it's not logical in my brain. So I don't know where students come up with this crap, which is why we have the overthinking pre med club. <laughs> I, like I sometimes find myself hitting myself with those overthinking questions, and then I'll get the resolution to those answers with these podcasts. And so I, I do yeah. appreciate. It. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Doctor Gray. Yeah, have a good one. All right, great start. Um, you guys like these? Got these? Overthinking pre-med club. <laughs> you can put them on your car. Um, I have a lot of them. Hello there. Hello, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I have been following you for a while, and I am considered a non-traditional med student or pre-med student. So I am 38 and I'm taking all these prerequisites. Um, I'm going into OCHEM and physics this fall. And um, I was just wondering, so the fall I'll be taking the one and then spring I'll be taking the second portion. And then I was contemplating whether to take biochem in the summer or in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know which of the two to do. And in between there, I have to decide when I'm going to take the MCATs. The little thing called the MCAT. So mm-hmm. there, there's a myth out there that taking prereqs during the summer is a bad idea, that med schools don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not true. Okay. What could happen is it's harder to take classes during the summer because it's usually a condensed schedule. And so depending mm-hmm. on everything else in your life very similar to the last student 
depending on your specific situation, taking biochem during the summer may be a bad idea. Okay. It just depends on you and everything else you have going on and how much time do you have to dedicate to biochemistry during the summer when it's an accelerated, typically condensed course. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the follow-up question was, if I take it in the summer, do I take the MCATs in the fall to be able to apply the following cycle? So give, sh- give me some years. So, so it would be 2023. So would, taking the MCAT when in 2023? At uh, the end or the end of it. The end of the calendar like, year. So like mm-hmm. September-ish is kind of when the MCAT starts kind of ramping down their, their schedule to be able to then apply in 2024 to start med school in 2025. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a okay. long way away, right? Again, so very similar yeah. to last student. It, ju- it just, depending on your specific situation, as a non-traditional student, there are non-traditional students who are exactly your age with very similar life circumstances who will do everything to apply in 2023 to start medical school in 2024 because they don't want to give up another year. Yeah. So depending on your specific situation, your specific kind of risk tolerances, your specific anxiety levels and stress levels that we all have, like whatever it is specific for you, you need to figure out, do I want to try to rush things a little bit more or do I want to try to spread them out a little bit more? Are you okay with starting med school in 2025 versus 2024? As as a non-traditional student, right, you know that it's just another year. <laughs> we we have lots of yeah. them. As a 22-year-old, you're like, another year? That's like one one fifth of my life. Or what wait, one twentieth of my life. Um, I, I don't I don't want to do that. Uh, but then when you're older and you're 40, I'm 42, uh, like another year is just like, oh, it's one fortieth of my life. It's it's not that big of a deal. So um it, it really depends on on what you want. There's there's no right or wrong. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Rocking and a rolling. It's a great Friday. This the school year has started back up. I think I think that's what's going on here. Uh the, the semester has started for a lot of people and everyone has questions. Hello, hello. Hello, Dr. Gray. So I am an international student. Okay. Right. So my schools are like limited down to like 30 ish schools. Medical right? schools. Yeah. Medical schools that yep. I can apply to. Yep. Right. And I have a, I am a senior student. I'll be going into my senior year. And my current GPA is a 3.4. Okay. And I'm studying for my MCAT to give it in the January. Okay. Right. So I'm considering an SMP or a master's. What do you think about it? Uh, I don't have enough information to give you <laughs> good advice. So your GPA is 3.4. Mm-hmm. What does the trends look like? It's always my question. Trends down, up, a bit down, and a bit more up. So a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we don't have a trend. We have a we have a roller coaster, which potentially means, yeah, you should look into 
doing some sort of post-bac program, getting as close to a 4.0 as possible, and and trying to go from there. Now, again, given the fact that you're an international student, does that mean potentially do you try to find an SMP that accepts international students that's tied to a medical school that also accepts international students and see if you can like wiggle your way into that program by doing well at the SMP? Like that's a possibility. That's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I love the artwork behind you. Is Thanks. that, is that, oh, it's a tapestry. It's not painted it's on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I, it looked like it was painted on the wall for a second. <laughs> nice, nice. I get that a lot. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that artwork. Good luck. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's keep rocking. Happy Friday, everyone. Um, if you're in Dallas, uh, anyone in Dallas here, I'll be in Dallas next week. We have a meetup. I think there's a couple a uh, couple tickets still left for that on Tuesday night. Um, come hang out. There will be 10 of us total. Myself, uh, Enrique Hasso from TMD SAS. So for you Texas applicants, if you want to pick his brain, uh, he'll be at dinner with us. Um, if you go to premedmeetup.com, that's where you can find some info. Uh, I'll also be in Tampa on the 7th. Um, hopefully speaking at USF to a bunch of different pre-med clubs. Uh, I'll be in Gainesville on the 8th, uh, speaking at a pre-health advisor um, uh, workshop that they're having for students, an MMI workshop. And then I'll be back in Tampa to speak at Hillsborough Community College. Um, lots of travel coming up. It's exciting. So stay tuned for some meetups. All right, let's see if we can get some people having some issues. Hello. Hey, Dr. Gray, how's it going? Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. Uh, so I just have a quick question. I'm a, a non-traditional student. Um, I, I work in a role where I can, I can live anywhere in the country. Um, I, like, I about, let's see, nine years ago, I had a terrible freshman year. Um, had a semester where I, I failed everything. <clears throat> After that, you know, immediately started getting uh, 3.8s, 3.7s. Uh, I've been doing my post-bac. I have a 4.0 right now. Uh, and all I have left is uh, the organic chemistry set. Um, I am wondering, and, and I, I don't know if, if you think this is like a ridiculous question, but is there, knowing that I can live anywhere in the country, is there a state that I would put myself in an advantage um, to, to live in, uh, and become a resident of, um, yeah, it's, it's not a ridiculous country. It's a, a question. <laughs> it is a ridiculous country. Uh, not a ridiculous <laughs> question. Um, the, the question really comes down to, um, just simple math kind of, although, although it's really hard to game the system. Uh, a lot of people love to go to Texas because Texas has very cheap medical schools, uh, and yeah. the Texas schools through TMDSAS have laws that say, hey, 90% of the class has to be from in-state. So okay. the the one downfall to that is Texas is a very big state with a lot of people. Uh, and so very similar to California, there are a lot of, of applicants. 
a lot of in-state applicants. So you could go look at the TMDSAS data. TMDSAS has good data sets to look at um, kind of what averages are. It's very similar numbers-wise um, to AMCAS numbers. So like a 511, 512 is in terms of a an average matriculant AMCAT score, 3738-ish, whatever it is, um, uh, average GPA for matriculant. So just go look at some data. Um, but but ultimately, I, I think fit of the school versus increasing chances is a better question. So do a lot of soul searching. What are you looking for in a program? What sort of passions do you have that you can continue to do in medical school? And how will that medical school support you in those passions? Looking at curriculum styles, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Weather, location-wise, just all the standard location-type questions. If you're from Southern California like, and you've never seen uh, snow, let alone six feet of snow, then maybe Buffalo is not the right <laughs> choice for you. Um, and so just asking yourself those types of questions and then narrow down and go, wow, it really seems like um, – Illinois is is a state that I'm interested in because University of Illinois has a great school. Carl Illinois College of Medicine is a great school. There aren't a lot of public schools, unfortunately, in Illinois. Most of them are uh, are private, but potentially that may help you. And then the yeah. other thing to think about outside of just um, what is my residency status that may increase my chances, the other question is, proximity and networking and are there opportunities that I could be doing pre-application and during the application cycle that will give me access to people who may help me get into medical school because they write me a strong yeah. letter of recommendation and they're on faculty or whatever. So, right? yeah. And with, I mean, I, so I'm a product manager at a medical device company. Yeah. Um, and one of the people that's on our board and heavily involved in our, our company is uh, a doctor's on uh, faculty at the University of Colorado. Okay. Um, but beyond that, I mean, is there anything I can do in my current role? I, I interact a lot with, you know, key opinion leaders uh, throughout the country um, with academic centers. Is there anything I could be doing to leverage my current job uh, to really expose myself more to the, the world of medicine, but also just like you're saying, build that network um, and help myself when it comes time to submit an application. Yeah, so d depending on your specific role and, and what you're doing, right, I have some insight into that world. Um, so depending on like how hands-on you are from a, a product standpoint, from a product uh, management standpoint, um, the, the question would be like, if you're in development of something new, how often are you going into a clinic? How often are you going into an OR potentially? How often are you going and interacting with those physicians for hands-on feedback and say, well, this is different, this is wrong, I wouldn't do this, whatever, right? So mm -hmm. that sort of interaction, depending on what your role is, um, is where, again, networking is. So in that interaction, you go, hey, like I'm, I'm applying to medical school. You have any advice for me type type interaction? And they, they may take you under your wing in that way. If you okay. don't have that sort of interaction, the question would be, um, how comfortable are you going to your leadership and going, hey, I'm applying to medical school in a couple of years. And they'll be like, I'm sorry, you're fired, right? So, so there's, there's a concern there, but maybe they won't be. 
maybe they won't be. Maybe they'll be like, oh, that, that's awesome. We'd love for you to go to medical school. Hey, when you graduate, we have a job back here for you if you're interested because we we want that sort of knowledge on our team as well. So you just have to kind of play the room and, and read the room and see uh, potentially what, what the response may be. So okay. <clears throat> it's hard, right? I, I kept, uh, I tell the story <clears throat> often, I, I kept it a secret. So when I applied to medical school the second time, I was in Boston working at a, a Boston sports clubs, which is a, a gym up there. And um, it, there was the the general manager, my boss, I was the fitness manager. Um, and I applied to medical school, didn't tell her what I was doing. Uh, went on my interview, didn't tell her. I was just like, hey, I need a day off. And and when I got my acceptance, I, I walked in. I'm like, hey, Bonnie, like, I just want to let you know I got, to I got into medical school. She's like, why didn't you tell me? Like, my dad's a pulmonologist at Wash U and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn it. Damn it. Anyway. Um, so I so need to be more open about you, that stuff, you, I guess. But. Not that you need to be, but there are usually benefits to, like, we as a human race, right? We wouldn't be here unless humans liked to help each other, right? Yeah. We have a very bad negative kind of uh, view of the world with news and just with things going on that that everyone hates everyone and, and nobody gets along. But we like to help each other. And so if you put it out to the world as, hey, I'm applying to medical school, you never know that the, the people that you're working with, the, the connections that they may have, the willingness for supervisors and stuff to let you go do some cool things that maybe they wouldn't have thought about you uh, in the first place because they didn't know, right? So yeah. you, just, you just have to understand that the risk may be, oh, we're not going to sink any more resources into you because you're going to leave us. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that is. The, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I just, just one last question. I don't want to take too much time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm, I'm hoping to, to go ahead and apply, uh, for the 2024, um, matriculation. Um, I, because I, just I'm working a lot. I don't have uh, the ability to, uh, you know, take all of my classes at the same time. Mm -hmm. I am missing two labs. Um, will I be dinged by applying without having had, you know, or uh, chemistry two and bio two labs at the time of application? If I take them before the matriculation date would start. Yeah, you should be fine. Uh, kind of big picture. If, if everything looks good, right, you, you struggled early. And I, I want to circle back to that early struggle as well. Um, but if you um, just have those two classes that are lingering out there, that shouldn't be a huge issue as long as you have the room and, and know that you need to take it before you start medical school. Yeah, mo most medical schools in a, in a traditional timeline, most medical schools understand that there may be a class or two, a prereq or two that's missing. So it shouldn't be a big problem. Um, I, I want to circle back to, you mentioned right where you kind of failed the whole semester, whatever it was. Think about the, the situation you were in and potentially reach out to the school, the institution that you, you got those Fs in. There, some schools have a process known as kind of a late withdrawal where you go to the school and, and you petition them and say, hey, like, 
I was young. I was dumb. Here's what happened in my life at the time. I didn't understand the ramifications of just not showing up um, yep. and and not withdrawing. Um, and see if they have a process to to potentially look at that and change those Fs into Ws. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I reached out to them. Uh, it's been it's been kind of like a, a circular chase so far. You know, registrar puts me in touch with the dean. The dean puts me in touch with the. But I, you know, I, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah everything but uh thank you so much dr gray uh wishing everyone luck on on the journey it's it's definitely daunting but, yeah uh, you got your, this. your podcast and, and resources make it a lot better so Good. thank you and, and the, the fact that you're a product manager at a device company have you looked into carl illinois college of medicine I haven't. I, I'm so sorry. I have to hop out a meeting. Oh, I, go to a meeting. I'm listen so okay, listen right, to this you. week's pre-med years. We'll, we'll do. All thank right. you so much. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs> Going to get this man fired from his job. <laughs> um, all right. Let's keep rocking. Hello, Logan. Hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so I just have one kind of big question. I know when you go on like MSAR and you see research at like 90%, 85% for all these schools. Yeah, is that it. just like because <laughs> every applicant does research because people tell them to do it or is it yeah. because schools want the research? No. Yeah. It's it's the the. the former uh everyone it's it's so funny right this data comes out and you'll see that 90 percent of matriculated students have research and like mm-hmm. 75 or 80 or 85 whatever it is have clinical experience i'm just like uh yeah no i i don't believe that data um clinical experience uh shadowing are the two most important things to prove to yourself first and foremost that this is what you want and then research is a nice to have if you're interested in it to check it out. Um, but yeah, definitely not a mandatory thing for the far, far, far majority of schools. And then publications and that kind of stuff, a, a thousand percent not necessary. Okay. Is that the case even with like private schools that are heavy into research? Yeah. So even like UCSF, right? I, I had a conversation with them a couple of years ago. They're like, just, just make sure people know that we don't look at only students that have research. They look at everyone. The goal of these institutions is to to do research at the institutions, not accept students who have done research. And so they're looking for students who obviously know that research may be a big part of their medical school journey. Uh, schools like Pitt, I think, have mm-hmm. a very longitudinal research project that's that's part of medical school. So you have to be okay with that. Does that mean you have to have done research before applying there? Absolutely not. Just shows that you you may need to show inquisitiveness in other ways um, or, or just during an interview uh, to understand what that's all about. Now, that's completely separate from MD or DO PhD programs where right. research is, is definitely a big part of the process. Okay. So if I was to apply next cycle, so 2023, and I have everything else, but just no research, I, that shouldn't be shouldn't, something that makes me wait until next cycle. Shouldn't be a problem. Okay. And then I had... One more question. So at the co- at the hospital I do clinical volunteering at, it kind of changes every semester of the department I'm in and kind yep. of like the role I have. Do I list that as a separate experience for 
each place I'm at, or should I just say college volunteer and kind of leave yeah. that? So, so the fun thing about the process and, and the frustrating thing for some people is that there, there are no rules. So you can do it however you want. Um, it may look a little bit weird if it's like uh, one semester – one semester, right. one semester, one semester. It may look like you're padding your your resume to go like, oh, five right. things, but it's really just one thing in different spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one potential way to look at it. Four of the five, right? Just random number. Four of the five different experiences may be very similar in terms of just mm-hmm. your passion, excitement, impact on you. So you want to put all four of those into one. And then one of the five may be, have maybe your most meaningful experience, just the, the time that you had, the interactions that you had, the physicians, the patients that you interacted with. They, that one specific semester may stand out above everything else. And so you could put that as a separate activity. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no right or wrong how you slice or dice. Just, just make sure it's, it's logical. Okay. I think that's those were both the questions I have. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Let's keep rocking. Cooper. Cooper no está aquí. Cooper. All right. Let's get Matt back. Matt's like, ooh, I have another question. Hey, Dr. Gray. I don't know if we're allowed to hop on for a second time after being here, but... Uh, <laughs> if you weren't question. allowed, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> All right. Um, as I was hearing more people talk, I did want to ask one more question, um, and it's related to like my extracurricular experiences. Um, so this is kind of something I've kind of had a little bit of a challenge with and I have a huge decision enough to make, but, um, I currently work at my school of medicine. So I'm, I'm, I live in Nevada. I work at the Kirk Point school of medicine. I work on a, a geriatric workforce enhancement project as a geriatric clinical care coordinator. And so, um, I get to work closely with a lot of patients and work on, you know, providing them patient education and training. And so I've done a lot of things on this project. I've had the fortunate opportunity to even co-author a publication on some of the things that we've done. And I've been on the project for two years now, but as I get closer to the end of my year, um, I've noticed that it's getting really hard to kind of work it into my schedule. Um, and I know, for example, a lot of the staff are, are leaving because a lot of people are burned out of the project. And it's, it is my most meaningful experience because I've done a lot uh, with the project. And there's a lot of things that I'm excited to share on my medical school application. But if I choose to not stay on this project before I apply, because my whole goal is to stay on it until it's a five-year grant project and I was going to stay until I graduated. But um, because I'm, I'm starting to see it's not feasible with my academic schedule. Um, if I decide to put down the project, do you think that's going to be some like, oh, like, what are you doing now? Like, why did you put this down so early? I mean, I've been on it for two years now since. So do you think that would be kind of like a red flag on my application to not put that, like to, to continue it again? All right, I'm back to that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you said it, you, you led with the, 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 the information. It's mm-hmm. not feasible with the schedule that you have now. Mm-hmm. So find something that is feasible or, okay. right. Or, and this is, I think a lot of people think black and white and not gray, yeah. Dr. Gray. Um, <laughs> the, the, you, you're in a situation where you're like, I either stay on the project or I don't. Well, <clears throat> what if you went to the project leads and said, Hey, with my new schedule, I can't help as much as I've been helping. Can I cut <clears throat> down to halftime? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
That's true, yeah. Okay. And if they don't think that's feasible and I do have to leave, I guess, like you said, just don't overthink go. it. Now. Don't overthink yeah. it. Go find something else that, that fits your okay. schedule. Okay. Sounds good. And then um, as far as like volunteering goes, so I currently, um, I'm a volunteer clinical scribe instructor at another clinic. So I teach scribe classes. So like the nurses, the incoming. Um, and so I know like on map, if you separate the extracurriculars, it's like, oh, is this a volunteer clinical experience? On the AMCAS application, I mean, is there a distinction there as well? Like, oh, is this a volunteer clinical experience versus a paid clinical experience? And yeah, so the, yeah, I, the way we set up MAPT is how AMCAS has it. Oh, great. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so be careful. Teaching people how to be scribes is not clinical experience. Okay, so is, is it better to categorize that under just a teaching experience then, correct? Uh, yeah, it, it could either be paid non-clinical or volunteer non-clinical or teaching. Sounds good. Thank you for that clarification, man. Yep. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Dr. Gray. All right. Let's see if Cooper is available. Maybe not. Hello there. Got it to work. Got it. Um. So I'm in the middle of filling out. Wait, wait. Let's stop real quick. Does anyone ever tell you you look like a young Mark Wahlberg? I actually asked you a question earlier this year and you said that. Damn it. Yeah. So <laughs> at least I'm you consistent. Need, you need you need some new new material. <laughs> it's not new material, it's who you look like. <laughs> awesome. That's a that's a that's a compliment. I just won't go beating up people in the just, street. Just don't poke people's eyes out, please. Yeah. Uh so I'm filling out secondaries and I keep coming along the question that says, Well, what other career possibilities have you considered? Mm -hmm. And I got my degree in accounting. Um, and so I'm talking about how, you know, why I wanted to pursue accounting, how I was inspired. Should I also talk about why it wasn't for me? Cause I don't want to give them an idea of, well, why don't you just continue doing that? Um, yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, the fact that you're applying to medical school obviously shows that it wasn't like for that. you. Um, so I, I think if you have space, maybe just a sentence about why, why it wasn't for you. I don't think you need to go super in depth. Um, okay. typically what happens with the, it wasn't for me type angle is that it gets very negative very quickly. And so you don't necessarily need to go there. So maybe, yeah. maybe reasons why you were pulled away from it, not necessarily why you didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. So just stay away from the, the negativity would be a good uh, frame of mind. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, and then outside of that, I actually don't have any questions. So Cool. All right. Yep, thanks for the help. Yep, bye. All right. Uh, nobody else is here to join. Hello, Carolyn. Thank you. Uh, if you want to come on and ask a question... Come on and ask a question. Andrew, listening to the MCAT podcast. Thank you, thank you. Hello. Oh, hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Okay, so I have a question about Casper. Yeah, the friendly um, ghost. Yes. <laughs> I was literally thinking um, this morning, I'm like, I would love to make like a Casper inspired, like Casper the TV show uh, inspired <laughs> like t-shirt for Casper the SJT. Uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, I would buy that. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I am in the middle of applying right now. I'm swamped with secondaries. And I just recently like got my results from Casper and they weren't what I expected them to be. So you're um, a psychopath. <laughs> maybe. <I don't> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I'm do I retake it? You can't. I like you can't? Nope. Oh. Once per year. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's nothing to do. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just keep pushing forward. Okay. So is is that gonna be like a big impact on my application like- maybe at one school nobody nobody <laughs> knows right every school is using casper data differently um the mm-hmm. co-creator of casper who's a good friend of mine dr kelly door has specifically said like they tell schools not to use casper scores as cutoffs of like we're not going to accept you or invite you for an interview whatever but just as an mm-hmm. extra data point so the schools are going to use it how they're going to use it you can't control how they're going to use it so just keep pushing forward. I see all the time students getting acceptances with <laughs> with the the last quartile score. So it is what it is. Okay. okay and that's really helpful. <laughs> maybe go to some therapy to see if you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it just surprised me because I have like I work with patients a lot and like I thought that it'd be more intuitive than it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest the biggest mistake often that I see with students is they they just think the answer matters. And mm-hmm. for Casper, the answer doesn't matter. The thought process matters. And so just really spelling out like why you're doing things, how why you're thinking about it that way, that's how mm-hmm. it's scored. So um, that's that's usually where students go wrong. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, all right. That's about all I had. Thank yeah. you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> all right. Whew, got her off. Psychopath. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I, the reason I say that is is there was a, a student several years ago when Casper first came out and he took he took the, he took Casper and he's like he's like literally just don't be a psychopath and you'll be fine. And so it's just kind of stuck. Um, uh, all right, nobody else is here. Dr. Gray, what is your why for building your pre-med empire? What motivates you to take on the day? Um, making stickers? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I just, I just kind of stumbled into this and found a passion. And uh, I love the thrill of getting DMs and emails from students that I've never talked to, but they've... Uh, I've never talked to live uh, in person, but they've listened to me talking to them through podcasts or videos or whatever, and uh, them getting into uh, medical school or whatever. Uh, Where can we get the OPC stickers? Uh, Nowhere right now, but it's coming. When's the next application renovation or mission accepted? Um, we have more mission accepted videos coming soon. We have a big recording day coming up. All right. Anyone else want to come on live? Ask some questions. That's what we do here. I do have the OPC sticker on my water bottle. Okay, right there. Um, yeah, 
So ask, uh, request to come live. If not, we'll end a little early. That's okay, too. Hello, Melissa Cricks. Hanging out. I've been talking about Blueprint all, all morning, Melissa. <laughs> um, who wants to come live? <laughs> and Andrew asks, I know you're a Blueprint guy, but what's your thoughts on Anki versus free Blueprint cards? Um, uh, obviously, the Blueprint flashcards are spaced repetition, which is what Anki is based off of. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Uh, with a free account, there's no harm in going and getting a free Blueprint MCAT account for those 1,600 plus flashcards. Um, there are uh, obviously amazing um, Anki decks out there that students love. So uh, why not both? Why not both? What's OPC? OPC, the Overthinking Pre-Med Club. <laughs> it started here on Instagram Live. Um, I, I said it one day and I'm like, ooh, that's, that's, uh, that's what we need. The Overthinking Pre-Med Club. When am I coming to Minnesota? I've been to Minnesota. I had a meetup in Minneapolis a few years ago. I went up to lock myself in a hotel room and work on my uh, my application book, actually. Do-do-do. All right. Oh, we got lots of people that want to come live now. Let's keep rocking. Hello there. Hello, Dr. Gray. How are you? Um, good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the Blueprint course. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Because uh, I won it yeah. <laughs> like a month ago, maybe. And uh, instructors are really great. I'm with Paul uh, and Brian, I think. Okay. And they're amazing. And good. I'm doing so well. And um, I'm on the great start. Got awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy. Thank you so much. You're Just welcome. To come in and say that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So you won. Uh, typically, the first Friday of every month, uh, I'm live here on Instagram Live with a Blueprint Live Online instructor, and then we give out a course, and that's how you won. And I'm I'm uh, I'm excited that it's going well for you. Yeah, it's it's so amazing. Good. Um, I recommend it to everybody. Good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yep. Have a good day. Bye. Awesome. Melissa, I hope you're here, still here for that. <laughs> um, that's the kind of stuff that's not captured with UTM codes. <laughs> um, all right. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? It's going. How are you? Good. Um, so just a couple questions about like reaching out to medical schools. Yeah. So I've seen a few um, medical school HQ articles um, about like, you know, you could kind of email, you know, people make it, make your name known. So say, for example, like, you know, you applied already and like your score was not stellar, but like you're still really interested in the school, like your MCAT score. Yep. Um, is it still reasonable like to email medical schools or like, let's say you think you might reapply next year? Yeah. Would it be better to wait till like a certain time to email them? So the, the ultimate question is, what is the goal of emailing them? Right. If, it, if it's just to bug them and say, hey, like. I like you. <laughs> um, then, to me, that is um, that's not helpful, and it's frustrating for the schools because they're inundated, right? They're they get ten thousand applications during a, an application cycle, and that's on top of 
all of the communication from high school students, high school parents or pre-med parents, uh, freshmen, sophomore, whatever, uh, students out there. So ultimately, my recommendation for reaching out to schools is reach out with specific information that you need from them to say, hey, here's a specific situation that I have. I've looked at your website. I can't find an answer. Can you can you give me some advice? So that would be my advice for reaching out to schools, not just a general, hey, I really like you. I'm applying. What do you think? Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because like um, now schools that allow like updates, let's say like you want your MCAT score was so-so, but then let's say you're planning on a retake sometime in like, you know, say January. Um, is it like, is it reasonable to provide like an update? You know, let's say you get a score back. You haven't gotten like an official rejection yet or is that? You could. Uh, your application should be flagged um, once you kind of go back into the system and say that you're taking the MCAT again. Um, you you could potentially use that as an update. Um, it'd be nice if there was maybe something a little bit more substantial as well, other than, hey, my MCAT score is not good. <laughs> please, please don't give up on me yet. I'm retaking. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt, especially if they allow updates. Okay. So my last thing was like, so if you're withdrawing your application, like some schools just it's not, you just click the button and that's it, like on the secondary portal. Mm -hmm. But let's say like, you know, um, some schools, they say, write like upload a PDF or like write a letter. Is it just sufficient to say like, um, I believe I'm not competitive this cycle. I'd like to improve my application and apply next year. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. All right. Unable to join, unable to join, unable to join. All right. We got nobody else. Uh, got a couple more minutes here. If you want to request to join live and ask some questions, come pick my brain. Uh, we'll, we'll get you rocking. Hello there. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Can you hear me well? I can hear you. Nice to meet you, Dr. Gray. <laughs> nice to meet you. What's going on? Um, I, have a, I have a question. I actually, uh, I just submitted my primary application on Monday. And I got my uh, MCAT score Tuesday. And I'm in the middle of like creating my uh, my school list. And I'm having like a lot of trouble doing that. Like I'm, I, I'm using like the, the MSAR currently at the moment. Yeah, how are you using the MSR? <laughs> Incorrectly, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a bunch of numbers on the screen. Exactly, and that's the problem. The the MSR is used improperly by the majority of students who who use it. So I'm typing in the comments here, premedyears.com slash 437 is an episode that I did uh, last year at some point. That's okay. all about how to build a school list. And nowhere in there do I say go to the MSR and look at stats. <laughs> okay. okay. So yeah, no, I watch I watch a lot of your videos actually. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's just it's still it's still complicated. I don't know to, to to try and like yeah. It is complicated, and I think a lot of students try to take the easy way out because it is complicated, and there's so many other complicated parts of this process that we know take a lot of time writing a personal statement, writing extracurriculars, all of that fun stuff um, that 
the the shortcut way of doing a school list is looking at your stats, looking at the MSAR, using the little sliders and going, okay, here's my school list. And that's just right. not the way to do it because the schools aren't accepting students only based on stats. School fit is so important. Student fit to the school is so important um, that it, you have to think about it like a relationship, like a marriage. Just because they, there's a a a significant other, a partner out there that is five uh, ten and and whatever the the right height for you and the the right weight for you and the right whatever, right? It goes so much beyond just superficial looks. Right. Yeah. No, we go on dates, absolutely. and what do you like? What are your passions? What motivates you? Blah 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 blah. We learn to to love this person, and then we go, cool, love it. Let's let's get married. That's what the. Yeah. <laughs> I've never used that analogy specifically, but I think it works because I like it. It, it makes sense. That's makes what sense. the medical school application process is like. And too many students are out there just swiping left or right, whichever way you swipe. I I I, <laughs> I got I got hitched too soon before all the dating apps. Um, to to uh just on superficial things like numbers. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. The, the other question I had um, in terms of the Casper exam, uh, I'm signed up to take one uh, on the 28th. Okay. And I just wanted to know, like, I know I, I watched a video that saying, like, you don't prepare and, like, uh, like kind of just go in, like, being yourself. But yeah. In- Under- understand uh, the process. Understand the goal, right? Again, I, I mentioned it a, a little bit ago. I don't, I don't know if you were on. The goal of the Casper is to understand what your thought process is not understand what the answer is, right? So a lot of students go into Casper going, I'm going to prove that I know what I'm doing. And they'll be like, okay, here's this situation, right? One of the example scenarios on their website is um, you're, you're working in a group project and one of the students hasn't participated and there are social media pics of this person like on vacation or something. And right. a lot of students will go into that going, that's just not right. Everyone needs to pull their weight and blah, blah, blah. And and just super dogmatic about it going, I know the right answer versus like what the, is the what, what's going on? Like yeah. I, I need to talk to this person to figure out what's going on, right? Maybe these pictures are old and they're just posting it because they're sad and they, they're lonely or they're depressed and they, they want to remember good times. Right. There are so many reasons for why someone isn't doing something and going through that thought process of trying to understand and trying to figure out what's going on without immediately jumping to this is wrong and it's it's not fair and blah, 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 blah. That's what students do when they get bottom quartile. I think you just made something uh, kind of click just now because uh, that, that um, situation you're talking about, it, uh, it reminded me of like the um, – like the psychology terms for uh, the young kid, the situational, um, I think, situational attribution, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, so, like, just like, kind of keep in mind always, like, like, put yourself in their shoes or put yourself in like the empathy. Uh, the- it's amazing. Lead, lead with empathy <laughs> okay. always, and and okay. it will be hard to go wrong. Okay, perfect. Right. Perfect. The the answer may be this dude sucks, and it's not fair. But you have to go through the thought process to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great to keep in mind. Okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are all the, the questions I had really. Yeah. Awesome. Good luck. I appreciate it. Come back Thank on. 
after you get your score back and and let me know uh, what what your uh, quartile is. Or just shoot me a DM okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. Sure thing. Sure All right, man. Good luck. Do you, do you know? Actually, last thing. I want yeah. to, do you know around how long it takes to, to get back? I think it's three or four weeks. It's similar to the MCAT. Everything. <laughs> yeah, but at least, right, the MCAT, it, it's not a manual process. The Casper scoring is a manual process, right? There are people okay. reading everything um, and scoring. So it's it's a little That's more good. logical why it takes longer uh, versus the MCAT. They could literally give you a score immediately. So the next, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. good luck. All right, friends. Uh, it's BB Zims, whatever you're like. I see your com- like. If you haven't noticed, I don't read comments and answer questions here. I bring people on and I talk to them. So I'm sorry. Uh, I will not be reading your question. Um, although Jacob, I will not be at UC Davis conference. Um, unfortunately, I want to be. Someone from my team will be there. Uh, I will be at a wedding in New Orleans. Nolens. Um, have a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I'll see you next week. Bye bye. All right, there you have it. Hopefully, some great questions for you. If you didn't know, I do IG live typically every Friday at eleven a.m. Eastern. Depends. Like this week, as I'm recording this, I'm traveling, so I may not do an IG live. Uh, but go check out Instagram Medical School HQ is where you can find me. 11 a.m. Eastern. If I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, I'm not. (laughs) I hope you have a great week. See you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.